0: I was listening to a lecture yesterday. It was Gordon Newfeld for anybody that's interested and um I liked it. I thought it had lots of truth in it. Um maybe even sometimes seemed obvious because it had so much truth in it, but it immediately struck me that almost everybody I know or have met in my life, especially the males, would probably take issue with it. Um because it would seem too extreme to them, it would seem like uh, they would just have a difficult time integrating it into their worldview or the way that they think or um, their reasoning their lines of reasoning that like guide them through life um, and and that sucked I mean it was sucked to realize that and then of course it you know leads you down the path of like, well why is that And then you know I'm thinking there's a lot of words of wisdom or philosophies of wisdom out there that also seemingly uh contrast what he was saying now i don't actually think that um you know when you when you really further examine it i don't actually think that what he was saying opposes any um any of those philosophies really but the things that he was spouting out first and foremost in the most obvious ways definitely seemed um, different than what you would hear in most um, sort of schools of wisdom, maybe Uh, definitely mainstream wisdom, because there's lots of schools of wisdom and we've lost touch with some of the greatest ones, but let's just say, mainstream wisdom you know what he had to say maybe seemed different um maybe contrary maybe not I don't know but he was talking on attachment and even though um there's a lot of psychology stuff floating around out there about attachment it is a pretty well-researched element actually um in psychology uh and there's you know Words that are used to talk about attachment and attachment styles, and there's like a lot of complex understanding in that field of study. Uh, This guy was actually just talking about the basics, so there's no need for me to get into any, you know, difficult definitions of what is meant by this and that, because really he was just talking about attachment, attachment um, to the people that you love to the people in your life um to primary caregivers you know especially if you're going back and starting it off where it all began um so he was just talking about that and nothing he was saying at first was really anything that i think would create a major rub he was saying you know it's important to um have strong attachments, especially for a child, and that that's necessary for them to thrive. And, um, you know, attachment is what defines family, blood or biology does not. Now, this is where people might start taking issue. I don't know. Um, you know, so your attachments are what defined that safe place of family. And if you, uh, you might be very deeply attached to a grandmother you might be very deeply attached to a foster parent you might be very deeply attached to a teacher so it doesn't necessarily have to do with blood that attachment and who you're strongly bonded with um is what creates family and family is important attachments are important because it's a safe space um a safe place where you can um kind of take for granted that you matter to someone you don't have to work for a connection um instead the connection is just given there's an attachment um there maybe it has to do with just proximity well you know i don't want to get too much into the details i mean he talks about how yeah in its early stages proximity has a lot to do with it um you know just being around that person a lot uh but that there are other elements like being able to depend on that person, but not just that, that that person, um, wants to encourage you to depend on them, um, or let you know that you can depend on them, stuff like that. So, so these are how these attachments form. And this is where it starts to get sticky (laughs) because I think, you know, some of these ideas are basic and people might take, not take issue with them, but, as he starts to talk about it, he's saying that well, you know these attachments or having these strong attachments are linked to so much in uh, you know in the in the thriving category for these kids and for adults too um, and so they're linked to so much that's important in the maturation process uh it's linked to feeling secure, being happy, not just when you're a kid, but when you're an adult too. Uh, it's linked to learning and how easily you're able to learn. It's, um, you know, if you're attached to the person that is teaching you, uh, that, that, you know, learning was sort of a built-in element of attachment. Um, so it also is an it impo- plays an important role in you know getting like things like compliance but gosh that sounds like a negative word i mean compliance in the sense of like working well with others being willing to work with others um cooperation is probably a better word than like compliance but anyway um so he's emphasizing how important attachment is across the board and i don't even think there's so much research in psychology i mean Whether you like the science of psychology or not, or whether you even think of it as a science, it doesn't even matter because attachment is definitely the most, well, yeah, the most widely researched aspect in there. And there's a lot of um, evidence that it does play a very significant role in our well-being uh, and whether we're thriving as kids and adults. So then he starts saying these elements, you know, so, so again, if you're just thinking of it in terms of your own childhood and you might think, okay, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Uh, you might say, well, I wasn't really attached to my parents and I turned out just fine. And you know, that may or may not be true if you really examine it. Um, because you know, it's, it's flexible. You can, you know, heal wounds. So, um, it may be true or it may not, um, depends on, you know, (laughs) how honestly you're looking at it. So anyways, then he starts saying things like, um, you know, how he gets questions from parents like, well, how do I facilitate it? And he starts saying, you know, it's not about skills that you develop per se. It's not about reading the right parenting book or whatever, you know, it's about, um, it's about simple things like, um, encouraging them to depend on you. Um, it's about things like, uh, Seeking and providing, you know, and that, of course, when we're talking about little kids, um, seeking and providing makes sense because you have a child that is helpless in certain ways. And so, uh, of course, they would need your help and they would need to depend on you. But he carries this over all the way, you know, through teenage years and adulthood and stuff. And, um, you know, the way that someone depends on you shifts and should shift. Um, and that, you know, that you should shift with it and that there should still be, um, this element going on. And then on top of that, so, so the reason I think, I mean, I'm just going to pause for a sec. Um, and summarizing what he was saying. And just, you know, the reason that I immediately started thinking that people I knew would take issue with it is because just the word attachment is um, something that a lot of my friends, and maybe I just know the wrong people or not the wrong people, but maybe I just know a lot of the same type of people. um, And, uh, you know, there's other ones out there for sure. But A lot of the people that I know, it's like even the word attachment is a negative thing. It's like, yuck, that's dependency and gross and like independence is where it's at and releasing your attachments. And oh, there's even this idea of Zen, you know, or um, and, and for sure in different philosophies releasing attachments or not being overly attached to the outcome or to human beings or to um, physical, you know, material possessions or whatever, but like releasing these attachments is a a liberating thing. Um, So, you know, if you say... um, You want your little kid to be as attached to you as possible. That might sound like, ooh, gross. Like, no, you don't. You want to be pushing your kid towards independence. You want them to be as independent as they can be. I mean, that's ultimately what you're trying to do, right? You want to create an independent adult. Um, And then, you know, if you say, okay, and you want to have them depend on you and you want to be in close proximity with them, you want there to be closeness, you want, um, you know, to establish is this, this seeking and providing role so that if they're seeking, then you're providing and then that you let them know that they matter to you and stuff like that. Those elements probably make sense. Like just, you know, those elements play in. Um, but those were probably the elements that my friends wouldn't disagree with. Like, yes, of course, you got to let people know that they matter to you. Um, but Anyway, I feel like again, you know, most of the people I know are going to be like, oh, I know you, you know, you want your kid to be independent. You don't want to encourage them to depend on you more. And, um, you know, the funny thing is I really don't think well, I know uh, I mean, he said as much that I don't think his ideas are incongruent with that at all because he is saying that ultimately you do want your kid to be independent. What you're creating is someone who is independent and does not need to depend on you in a in a place of need, like they can't handle it themselves. they are independent completely, and that they can explore on their own and do everything. And be everything for themselves, even their own emotional support, if they need it. Um, you know, to be that for themselves, they can. Um, and but that the only way to that is through attachment and a strong attachment. Um, and the only way to that is through. Depending. So, the thing that I feel like we skip this major step on is that we're thinking, like, okay, well, here's the baby, and the goal is, or here's the child, you know, the goal is we want them independent. So, let's just start getting them independent. <laughs> and, um, no, that's not going to work, you know, according to him. And honestly, according to the experience that we just sit and watch um, happening over and over. Um, the way to that independence is through letting them depend on you, encouraging them to depend on you, letting them go into a, you know, uh, strong attachment with you, uh, to get to that independence because only if they are able to go through that, um, strong attachment and bond, are they able to learn because it's like, it's a maturation thing all these other elements that need to be picking up on the way in order to be independent, right? Because we're like, oh yeah, we want you independent. Let's just start teaching you facts. Let's start teaching you tools and things to be independent. But you know, they need um, elements of attachment and, and dependency in order. And I'm not just talking about like, of course they have to be dependent because they're helpless and they can't stand up and walk around for themselves. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about even like teenagers they're emotionally dependent on you uh and that you should let them and you're not just pushing them towards independence um you should never they i mean have to really because like they arrive there already on their own like it wouldn't be something that you would have to be pushing towards and you shouldn't be pushing too early and you shouldn't be pushing it wherever and whenever you can like there's no reason to push independence it's a just an arrival it happens so anyway Um, you know, they wouldn't be able to pick up those skills and mature the way that they need to without the attachment, without that element of, um, yes, I can depend on you and I'm starting to want to be like you and copy you and mimic you and learn from you, uh, because it's been shown over and over that, you know, when there's a strong attachment uh, someone learns best. Um, I think he even quoted, oh, I don't know if it was Aristotle or Plato. I can't remember, but definitely an, an ancient notable thinker, um, who said, uh, that he couldn't teach this person because this person didn't love him. Uh, you know, uh, he wasn't going to be an effective teacher. And that was uh, very true or insightful because this is what this guy is talking about. Um, There has to be sort of a looking up to or admiring um, seeker, uh, seeking someone that you know you can depend on, seeking someone that you know will provide. Uh, There has to be some dependence there in order to get to the learning that's needed and even the um, self-development and understanding of yourself that becoming yourself um developing who you are and being your independent unique self only happens when you're sort of in the safety net of completely being able to depend on people that you're highly attached to knowing that it's a safe space in this family to explore who you are to be whoever you are and that they'll let you do that and that that um you matter to them, you know, all of that stuff. And we talk about some of that too. Like, again, those are the elements that I think probably my friends wouldn't disagree with that. Oh yeah, you should be able to be who you are. Um, yeah, you should matter to someone and you should be able to be who you are. Okay. Those elements wouldn't be in contention. I think it's just this dependence versus independence part that, or attachment versus, um, you know, unattached or independent uh are these elements that are uh seemingly uh contrary or contradicting but i don't think they are because he's saying they only happen by going through this dependency uh, through this wonderful experience of family and um you can develop who you are and then be who you are because then he starts talking about kind of the final component um that I think is important for all of us to sort of reconcile these ideas is, um, yeah, at a certain point, you know, it doesn't have to be so, um, single sided, you know, because of course we've been talking about kids and adults and like the adult obviously plays the role of provider and the kid obviously plays the role of seeker, um, because it's obviously established that way by their physical limitations and their maturity. Um, but that later, when a child is able to hold two realities in their mind, you know, and they're able to, uh, that's a, a point of maturation. And that only happens when they are able to play out this full, broad spectrum of, you know, being attached to someone and being able to depend on someone. They develop their sense of self and then they can be themselves even in the company of others and others ideas and others behaviors and others, you know, because they don't, um, they've had the safety of developing that self, um, you know, with their primary attachments, with their families, and then they can, you know, be themselves even when around peers that are, you know, uh, maybe, uh, yeah just doing different things or being different ways Um, they don't kind of get sucked up by what everybody else's actions are because they've been able to develop it and again he talks about sort of the um, the important distinction between having to work for connection because with your peers you have to work for connection, um, whereas with a true attachment or strong attachment that is more like family, um, you can take for granted that connection. Now, when we say take for granted, I don't mean that in a negative way where you just like don't care about that person or you don't tend to that connection. Well, no, it just means that you're not having to work. Um hmm for it. And anyway, gosh, this is getting hairy, even when I'm talking about it, because then I'm about to try to translate it or talk about it further, uh, into adulthood. And, uh, yeah. Um, so, (laughs) and it all has to do with, I guess I, I like, I'll stick with this. I'll stick with the path that I'm on and I'll make, I'll backtrack later. Um, it all has to do with that simultaneous being able to hold two realities as, uh, as at the same time. Um, and that's where that, that only happens with maturation. Like I just said, you know, the teen that's able to be themselves and even in the presence of other people's behaviors um, and ways of being. And this continues, with um yeah being able to hold your needs and other people's needs um in mind both and um you know that simultaneous uh two things exist simultaneously or two realities and then further we're talking about adults who have reached independence um and are adults but maybe choose to have partners or a uh, relationship, let's say uh, marriage, whatever. Um, in that case, you know, it is interesting because there is independence and they can choose to be independent and to be attached. Like those two realities can simultaneously exist. They can choose to uh, be aware of their needs and be aware of the other person's needs. They can choose to be themselves while also in the presence of someone else, someone else being themselves, you know, someone else's behaviors and actions. Um, And they can choose to be both the provider and the seeker both realities at the same time so it doesn't necessarily mean that in a relationship one person has to be the provider and one person has to be the seeker and that it's going to be some sort of you know mimicked attachment of a parent and child instead an adult relationship can hold those two realities um, and you would be both the provider and the seeker for different things um, amongst your partner but that that providing and seeking relationship is what creates the attachment and that encouraging the other to depend on you um, creates the attachment. And that the attachment is nice. The attachment lets you, you know, it provides you all those benefits of thriving that you got as a kid. Uh, even though you have reached maturation and you are an independent adult, um, you also can enjoy the pleasures of um Having the family attachment for further thriving. Um, And, you know, the goal is no longer just to get you to independence because you are independent, but you're simultaneously able to choose uh, having some attachments too if you want. Um, And so, yeah, I think, you know, the things again that sort of run up against some of these traditional words of wisdom is that if you're talking about adult relationships and you're saying, okay, you know, it'd be good to encourage your partner to depend on you. Oh, some people might take issue with that. Like, no, it's not. You're supposed to be two completely separate individuals and you're supposed to be independent and not dependent on each other. Okay. Yeah, that is true. (laughs) But there's another truth, right? That's that thing of maturity. That's why I think so many people today aren't able to see, both as possible because they haven't gone through that whole we did we all didn't get our wonderful attachment process did we i mean you know it didn't go like that and we might not have all reached full maturation i mean so we can't really see that both ideas could be possible i mean it is you know you are supposed to be independent individuals and you're supposed to be um able to handle yourself, absolutely. But if you want to create an attachment with someone also, um, you know, two realities are both equally true simultaneously. You are independent and you are able to take care of yourself and you don't have to have the attachment. But if you would like to have an attachment for the pleasures that it can provide, the way to create that bond is through encouraging someone to depend on you meaning letting them know they can depend on you providing something for the thing that they're seeking and then flip though it doesn't have to be one-sided in fact it shouldn't be that wouldn't be mature right because the whole process was towards maturation and really the full maturation idea would be having it both so again you would be providing something that they're seeking and they would be um and and you would be seeking something that they're providing and that you wouldn't be happy to depend on each other in that way, because that would create an attachment. And then of course, you know, there would be those other elements that are not really refutable, like you matter to them and that you can be yourself around them. Um, I think those people agree with, but they're missing this other part. And, um, I don't know, I guess I'm going to go back to that same thing where it's like, why, why are you missing this other part? Why does this sound so weird? Um, well, I kind of think it's because we didn't fully m- mature. I mean, I think that we were all, a lot of us raised by parents and not just parents, but a society that had the idea, right? They had the idea that, hey, this is supposed to be towards... um maturity or independence independence we want them independent Uh, but instead they just started pushing us towards independence and like teaching us to glorify that instead of um, realizing that like you don't get to independence but through a strong reliable dependence um, that is natural Uh, because of the fact that very physically you needed to be dependent um, when you were tiny. And then through that, you were able to grow and flourish and develop all the different things along the developmental stages that you needed in order to be fully mature, where you can be both simultaneously. And then that makes sense, you know, and I just feel like even in our philosophical understandings of these things, we're so... We're jumping that step. We're jumping that step of dependence and putting our eyes on the prize of being like, no attachments, rid yourself of attachments. Attachments aren't a big, uh, you know, they're only going to create suffering and and these types of ideas. Okay, Uh, yes. If you are attached fully the way a child would be and have not gained that independence yet, then yes, all that attachment is going to create suffering because you need the maturation of that full independence. And you should have that uh, where you can be unattached and not in a place of need for sure. (laughs) But um, you don't get there, uh, but through the ability, the experience of depending Um, So anyway, when everybody's sort of, you know, spouting off these words of wisdom, like you're supposed to just like get to this place of unattached Um, and people are trying it and people are doing it and like putting themselves through false, false sort of, um, I don't know, contorted forced versions of that, you know, but I don't, I don't think it's really working because it's not feeling whole. It's not feeling like real maturity. It feels like People that are just like desperately trying to like shove a square peg in a round hole or just desperately trying to grow up or feel okay, um and be independent and that you're not supposed to depend on people and you don't want your partner to depend on you and you that's not what a good relationship is about dependency is bad like whoa well, sure again if you're only in that dependency and don't have your independence um then sure yeah uh that is a bad relationship and it is gonna basically repeat a bunch of old patterns or with a parent-child thing in a twisted and contorted way because you're an adult now and you shouldn't be in a parent-child relationship with someone and, uh, you know, so yeah, that's that's not what the, yeah, that's not what you'd be going for. But um, yeah, it's not... You don't get to independence by jumping straight into it (laughs) or jumping straight for it. You don't get to unattachment, individuality and all of that with by just jumping straight for it. Um, And you kind of you get there through the dependent process. And if you didn't have parents like that, and if it didn't work like that for you, okay. I mean, I didn't. So then now what, you know, like I just, but I can't just keep skipping the step. I just can't keep skipping, skipping the step and expecting it to work. I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't get the, um, wonderful attachment process to full maturation. Um, in the way that I've just described or in the way that he describes in his lecture. Yeah, it didn't happen. I didn't depend on my family. I didn't give them my heart and my trust and I didn't, you know, all of that, okay? Um, But, you know, uh, skipping over that step because I didn't get it or, and because I didn't get it because my parents were already trying to skip me over that step. Like they were just trying to skip me over it and get me to independence and get me to, anyway, it just didn't, continuing to skip the step is stupid because <laughs> it's not working, like continuing to just like throw myself into independence or into a state of not needing anybody or non attachment or whatever. Instead, I would probably just back up and make peace with some of those things, or maybe back up and create some attachments. Um, and, i I think there's, you know, a book growing our Oursel- or growing our kids, growing ourselves or something like that, parenting our kids, parenting ourselves. That helps a lot of people. Uh, you know, when you go through that parent child relationship with your kids, um, and create an attachment, even if you're not the kid on the receiving end, you're still creating a really strong attachment. And when you do that, then you get to kind of go through a deep attachment and then come out that's appropriate. You know, it's not like a deep attachment, Uh, Yeah, a mess, an unhealthy relationship. It's a healthy one. Um, you know, and then you, um, are able to come out to a new place of independence. It almost like helps heal an old wound or something. So anyway, at this point, it may just be a rambly mess. I love the stuff that he talks about, and I kind of love how it plays in with, um, uh, just how I see people, um skipping a step and just trying to jump right for that but i don't know if i've tri- if i've like actually described it well at all um but anyway all i can do is try <laughs>